spidey senses tingling. He's the best around. No one in the world can keep him down. He's slim. The host of the Paper Keg Podcast, episode 143. None of you, I don't think, got the lyrics right, but thank you for joining the show. Uh, Paperkeg.com. You know, we talk about the books that we read this week. New and old. Might be old. Not a lot of time to read anymore why bother just mail it in. Uh, and then we we do a book club fourth and final week joss whedon astonishing x-men Uh, that man pulling out some kind of rogue eyelash. We all saw it on the camera. Uh, he's a host of this show. He is one of the three living hosts. R.I.P. Mark Farrington, former host. He's a writer. He's a father. He He's here. He's wearing a white Hanes tee. Jonesy loves beer. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. I am not, in fact, an internet ghost. Uh, I live at a real place in the state of Pennsylvania. And thank you once again for joining us in the Paper Cake Podcast, episode 43. <laughs> Sound like you had one foot in the grave at the end of that. <laughs> you know, I've been losing my voice intermittently throughout the day. It's like the. Uh, uh, I, kinda, I think I caught it from Dale. It's like that father from Braveheart, the king, or whatever. Dying in his bed. That should be something we'd have to remedy. Uh, Dan underscore A. You've been called a Twitter celeb. You have a luscious beard, the likes of which that haven't been seen before in South Jersey. It's, uh, I'm trying to keep keep up, you know. I, I don't know. Get some compliments on it, but it's still, I mean, it just looks like great like uh i don't know like a pig's hair like a pot-bellied pig uh one that you keep as a pet like a teacup pig that's that the kind of hair it looks like the beard of a pot-bellied pig he's a father um you're the final host of the show you also host another podcast called book jug where you and another host just talk about the books that you read or listened to yeah me and my buddy do that show we uh we really like uh, what we're doing. The um, spoilers. The next show is going to be a couple more weeks because, you know, being sequestered as the uh, a juror, my commute is has been cut in a tenth. And I just haven't had time to listen to the book yet. So I apologize, book juggers. We'll get back. We'll get back to it. We got bigger fish to fry. Anyhow. Yes, we do. Final show first time we've ever done the same title four shows in a row first time we've ever done it more than one show in a row joss whedon jossus h whedon it's been called the real mutant messiah uh, by a friend of the show who emailed in last week 
John Cassidy, he's back. Mm. His art was back this volume. We'll get into it. We'll get oh, into yeah. it. Oh my god. god. Just to start my word. Whole, oh my god. Uh let's let's jump into it. I wanted to talk about the revelations from last show about some sickening sickening thoughts uh on the female population by one of the hosts, but maybe we'll save that for later. Ah. Uh Dale underscore Dale, he's he's talking about you, Dale. <laughs> <laughs> Burgess Meredith guest host. Uh, Dale underscore you're you're in a jury this week. I don't know how you did it. Maybe you're reading on your phone while you were listening to some important evidence that maybe would make a difference. I don't know. Uh, what did you read this week? It's all up here. Slim, don't you worry about it. I read, listen to this. God, what did I read? The brightness on your iPad that you're looking at right now is mind-blowing. <laughs> It's like you have the Ark of the Covenant in front of you, and you just looked in it. Don't look, Marion. Don't look. Red line, Marion. Red line. <laughs> That's actually a cut scene where she redlines into right. a German uh, mic, trying to tell everybody to run, Dale. Come on. Come off it. Okay. Uh, I read. Boy, which, what do I want to talk about? Do it. Secret just, Avengers, number oh, one. All new oh, Marvel whoa. now. Just go right for it. You know what I mean? <coughs> Podcast Al- jugular. Alice Cott, Michael Walsh, Matthew Wilson. The Secret Avengers are, uh, much like it sounds, a a black ops uh, team that has been com- as a as a joint venture between the Avengers and Shield. And. Uh, Secret Avengers number one consists of a a whole lot of setup. The team right now consisting of Jessica Drew, My Heart and Soul, Spider-Woman, The Black Widow, uh, Nick Fury, MODOK, and uh, a little cross into the the Marvel movie U, Phil Coulson. Oh, God. Really? Can't get enough yep. of that guy. Yeah, they're mm. just they're just injecting him. God, license to print money, Phil Coulson. They're just taking the uh, that needle and sticking it under the turkey skin and just injecting Phil Coulson into that Thanksgiving <laughs> bird. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. And uh, with with a guest appearance by Hawkeye, he he may be on the Secret Avengers, but wasn't he the former leader of the Secret Avengers? Yes, yeah. volume, volumen. I did not know that, but now that you reveal that, that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, he kind of blunders his way into this this issue, and he sort of goes along for the ride of Black Widow and Spider Woman, and they they got some AIM agents after them. And all in all, I I think it's it's a it's a really a whole bunch of setup this issue. It's it's kind of. Um, jumps around a little bit it's it's not the most engaging it doesn't it didn't keep my interest all in one stream of consciousness it was kind of like jumpy but all in all i would give it a uh, another read for issue two when it comes out Hmm. Um, i like the setup i'm not i'm the only problem is i'm not totally sold on the team Hmm. um it's pretty much nobody on the team that Yeah, I, I, would Dale, I think the first about. 
volume suffered from that. I mean, the first Secret Avengers was uh, back when Steve Rogers was top cop of the world, mm-hmm. and he wore that uh, that just plain drab blue outfit with the star with the uh, stripes on the side. And those cardboard boots. Yeah, and he had like the hard light shield. He didn't even have like his real shield. He had like uh, some Reed Richards uh, fantastic force field shield. And um, basically the team was not up to snuff, but, you know, Steve Rogers carried the book. And then when uh, he kind of handed the reins over to Hawkeye, I kind of checked out. I didn't think the roster, like, lit the world on fire. You know, I think I remember that. Did he give Hawkeye the team in Madripoor? Was that that issue? Yeah, he he was like, it's time for you to step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've kind of been a goofball ex-criminal, but it's kind of kind of see what the kind of stuff you're made of. And gave Hawkeye his own team, and then I think uh, I think it kind of petered out after that. And I, I think they're going for that quirky Hawkeye angle. There's uh, there's a scene in the book where you know he ends up naked with a little Hawkeye head in front of his penis. Uh, spoilers, uh. Um, and in front of a sharpshooter. What Bret right. Hart was there? <laughs> the Hitman. He's your Secret Avengers now. Your number one. Book I'm listening. By, uh, by uh, <laughs> um, but the, yeah, they went for that quirk factor. It, the art is pretty gorgeous. It's very along the lines of the new class Hawkeye, David Aja. Um, I'm trying to think of the other book that that sort of looks like that. That's come out. I apologize. She Hulk. No book of the more, year. She Hulk. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the first issue. I had the second issue downloaded. I have yet to read it. But, yeah, Secret Avengers, give it a go, I think. I, uh, I, one point you I forgot enjoyed to mention. More, uh, I'm sorry, one, one point was that Jessica Drew and Black Widow were in a spa for, like, the entire issue in towels and doing shenanigans and fighting while they were still wearing those towels. The whole issue. Yeah, they pull, they pull a little Hawkeye... Uh, funniness when Jessica Drew's boob pops out and there's a Spider Woman head in front of her B. <laughs> and uh, why would you be able to say boob before and then hyphenate I mean, it or uh, Jonesy. shorten it to B right oh, after? I'm Jonesy, rhetorical question time. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I don't know, Jonesy. You just deflected that troll with the hard light Captain America shield right back oh, at me. My heavens, Reed Richards invention. Never heard anything like that before in my life. Um, let's move on to my book, please. Jonesy, you'll get your time in the sun. I'm okay. I'm moments. not, uh, you know, not like a bull, like, you know, stampeding over here. Oh my God. Uh, let's, let's go into the Slim Kives. <laughs> let's do that. Well, it's, only been, it's only been two days since we recorded the last eight. Episode. I'm guessing Fear Agent. But no, well, actually I did reread Fear Agent a few issues this week. But this works because it was actually released digitally for the first time. So I can actually claim this is a book that I read this week. A little character I don't talk about a whole lot from my youth. Wolverine. Oh, yeah. I'm familiar. <laughs> um, he's a character on the X-Men. If you read that kind of book, he's, uh, he's a short guy. He's got adamantium claws. Can heal. He's got great hair. Issue 145. Uh, A long time ago, in my youth, a terrible thing happened to me as I was growing up. Wolverine's adamantium was stolen from him. What? Oh, yeah. I never fully recovered. 
And uh, that was in issue 100. I'm sorry, issue 75, it was taken from him. Issue 100, you thought he was going to get it back, but they they pulled you to him, and then they pulled you back. He got the adamantium, and his body rejected it, so he became some kind of freakish animal. (laughs) Awful. So 145, he gets the adamantium back, and Eric Larson was actually the writer around this time, which I don't think a lot of people remember. He had a kind of a stint on Wolverine. So he's responsible for Wolverine getting his adamantium back that he's using this very day. And the storyline was Ensaba Nur, Apocalypse, had captured Wolverine and Sabretooth and made them duel to the death to see who would be his next horseman, uh, Death. And Wolverine didn't want Sabretooth to win because he knew he would kind of give in to the power and kind of do terrible things so he decided to win and uh, like uh, with the understanding that he would fight out of the power of apocalypse at some point like he would be strong enough to to come back so he does that and then apocalypse ties them both up and gives wolverine adam uh sabertooth's adamantium he takes it from sabertooth and gives it to wolverine and wolverine eventually becomes the horseman death so there was a period of time in the x-men around this time where Wolverine was actually like kind of brainwashed and doing Apocalypse's bidding. And this issue was the big reveal that not only was he um, Death, the horseman, a few issues back, they revealed that, but he also had his adamantium back. It was, and the artist was Lian Li around this time. Some of his best stuff. But, wow, um, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool rereading it. The cover, I remember at the time, was this badass cover, but his adamantium claws were like embossed on this hard cover when it came out in print. How many years did he go, like real life years, did he go with that adamantium? I don't know how many how many months in between issue seventy five and one forty five if it's a monthly book. Someone do that math. Can we get the intern on that? Twenty five, that's six six sixty five, seventy. Seventy years? Seventy years, yeah. <laughs> 70 issues, so 12 into, what, five years? Really? Five and a half, six years? It's a long time. It was too long, in my eyes. I made me want to not read the book. And, that, and that's your, that's the time in your life. You're, you know, everything's hitting you hard. You're a teen. Mm-hmm. You Going through I mean? changes, becoming a man. Yeah. You have certain uh, feelings, and it influenced the way you grew up, I'm sure. Yeah, sure. It, the, his lack of adamantium molded me into the man I am today. Something to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, Jonesy, speaking of men. <laughs> I'm going to round out this Marvel-only book club. Oh, God. <clears throat> with Magneto, issue one. Came out last week. Magneto, uh, Marvel uh, keg, ladies and gentlemen. Editorial hey. came to uh, Colin Bunn. And they said, give me Hawkeye. But we can't, we are, we're already doing Hawkeye, so give me Magneto as Hawkeye go. <laughs> and Bum was like, hi, well, you think I'm going to flub this up, but in reality, um, you know, did anyone read The Six-Gun Man? Because uh, Magneto number one out of the gate. Uh, and it is a heavily influenced by Marvel's nitty-gritty back-to-basics everybody's based on real-life storytelling that they're kind of going for right now. 
and Magneto tells the story of Magneto, shockingly, as he lives his like regular life in street clothes. And you know what does Magneto do when he's not uh, Cyclops's B on an X Men team? Boob. Uh, well, he, he wears turtlenecks, wears blue jeans, has a shaved head, a la Charles Xavier, which I was shocked to see. And he lives in a hotel, very run down, and he tracks down people who harm mutants. So uh, he tracks down one particular uh, criminal who has killed some mutants, and he's like, I'm Magneto, so no rules, no holds barred, if you will. I'm going to go so you take him? care of this guy. No prison can stop me from getting my mutant revenge. And in one of the coolest sequences in Marvel, or I guess anywhere I've seen it in a while, Magneto breaks into this prison and makes himself a suit out of like the ambient metal. It's like an all black Magneto suit with a black Magneto helmet, and you like you see a couple panels of it fastening itself together. Very cool. Uh, you would think I'd be tired of flashy stuff like that, but you know, folks, I'm not. That was great. And uh, he finds out that the killer is actually part of this old Sentinel program. That used to disguise uh, themselves as human beings, like this Omega line of Sentinels. So now he's got his, you know, his MacGuffin. He's got to go find out who's reactivated this. <coughs> excuse me, in this mm. defunct line of Sentinels. So it was really good. I liked it. Helen Bun can't go wrong. Uh, B A black Magneto costume, uh, maybe a little too Hawkeye ish, but. I kind of think it's going to find its own legs very quick, uh, quickly with the Dynamite writer you have on there. And uh, I think it's worth the time for people who are Marvel fans to pick up and check out. I thought you were going to say one of the coolest moments was in his free time, he pays people to tie him up and put him in a closet. Oh, man. <laughs> like that, <laughs> I should have just lied <laughs> and said that. No ambient metal in those ropes, friend. <laughs> Can't get himself out of that one. Oh, man. Who was the artist on that? Do you know? I don't uh, think it was a big name that we all know already. It is... Did have a, I think, Paolo or or Marcos Martin cover. I can't remember those two always. Walter. Walter. Hmm. One name. Doesn't give me a first name. Sounds like a brand of bottled water. Walter. Uh, we're running out of tape, guys. Sure are, gents. Two sentences or less... Another book that you've read so that we could get into a jostacular <laughs> roundtable discussion. Dale underscore A, please. Captain Marvel, number one. Carol Danvers and Jim Rhodes are an item... Carol gets some incentive to take a sabbatical from the Earth bo- Earthbound Avengers and go up in space. What will become of the relationship with the U.S. war machine? Rebuttal. Lightning rebuttal. Mm-hmm. I Lightning, show. I have a lot of questions. Batman Zero Year... Number 29. Mr. Wayne. We've been friends since zero year, Mr. Wayne. (laughs) Mr. Wayne. (laughs) 
the end of book one of Zero Year. I got only book one. Ends with a classic Snyder story that lasts eight pages exposition-wise and took me out of the book. Lightning longest arc ever. (laughs) Copernicus Jones, issue number two. The first issue was the feel-good comic of the year. The second issue takes that and hits the ground running. Fabulous series. Jensie's book of 2014. Nailed it, babe. (laughs) Astonishing X-Men Volume 4, Unstoppable. The final volume ever of X-Men. I don't think they made any more X-Men comics after this, nor should they have. I hope not. Um, Joss Whedon, John Cassidy, two dear friends of ours. Jonesy, what is what is this volume? What is Ooh. this comic book? What is this? Try, just try. Explain it. It's like trying to throw a lasso around a comet. Can't do it right now. Uh, this is it. This is the arc. This is Joss Whedon's goal. Every issue up till now has led to this arc. <coughs> the X Men are on Break World. Or rather, they're hurtling to it in a very prophetic first issue where the X-Men have no choice but to go forward to break world. Um, They crash there, and they get separated. And they are immersed in the break world society. Now what they're all about, the uh, break world people are much like the Vitramites of um, Invincible fame. They praise murder and death, and their their culture is based on the strongest destroying the weakest. There's no such thing as a hospital on Breakworld. And the X-Men are so used to off-world adventures where they have to fight against these types of things. They're not faced. They are ready to plan and execute and absolutely stop what's going to happen. And... What happens is a cleverly orchestrated plan by the not as useless as we were led to believe in the past volume, Cyclops. He gets himself captured. He gets his team fake captured. And they're finally able to have their final confrontation with who they think is responsible for the prophecy. In one of the better twists of the past 10 years of comics... We find out who really orchestrated the fake Colossus Kills the World prophecy. And we also get one of the most endearing swan songs, however brief it is, of a beloved ex-woman. As she single-handedly proves that her power is enough that it takes to save the entire world. This is the unstoppable force of Whedon's love for comics that we feel. And it is the unstoppable volume of Astonishing X-Men. Book slipcover quote. Slow clap. Chris Jones. My heavens. Let's just get out of the way right now. 
amazing. Astonishing. Amazing. Oh, even the line where Emma Frost said astonishing at the end oh, there. Oh, my God. Good. Everything. Grief. People, Good grief. this is it. We, we have done something unprecedented. Four shows in a row, four arcs, Joss Whedon. I mean, the guy knows his stuff. He was referencing, and not even does he know his stuff, but he legit knows his stuff. He was referencing, like, old X-Men comics and obscure moments, like when Beast was walking over the corpses of the, the people on that planet and how he compared it to Genosha and how he made a joke when he was holding up the corpses of the Genosians. I was like, man, I forgot about that. What a great callback to bring it full circle where he, you know realizes the the error of his ways how about him sprinkling the solution to this entire problem in like the third issue where kitty makes an offhand comment about there's something wrong with the metal of this alien facility and i don't quite know what it is yet and that having that offhand moment be the solution to save the entire planet how about that i blew my mind my only thing, my only thing I need clearing up, and maybe it's because I read it in the uh, jury deliberation room in uh, my floppy form here. <laughs> Might be the same thing I need clearing up, too. Was she always meant to be trapped inside the bullet? The fake yes. hollow point? Absolutely. What do you mean always? What do you mean always meant? Did they construct this hollow point missile? for her like she finds herself inside this hollow point bullet basically right yeah but was it always meant for kitty to find her way inside of it no but i i think it was cyclical in the fact that it can only have been her if you really think about it story-wise that could have saved the day you know she's the one to find colossus she discovers that hollow room where he's kept. She has the initial bonding with that strange metal. And it's really in her final moments that she once again finds herself in a hollow chamber made of that mysterious metal. And in an instant, she knows what she has to do. And she's able to bond with it and phase it. I mean, Joss pretty much sets up the only way the world can be saved in like two panels where they find Cyclops alive. Like you, like, you know, at the end when they can't stop the bullet, well, they can't stop the missile because it's not really a missile and it's Kitty who has to, to kind of step up. It's, it makes perfect. It doesn't feel cheap because he's sourced that so many issues ago that, Oh, Hey, you know, she did this. It, it, and believe me, I, I mean, I love, how the execution i love what she did how she ex- how she saved the planet but it but the scenario or surrounded almost just seemed too perfect like the the descri- and the way they kind of she kind of go started going in the description of how how it was almost meant to be a room that she was supposed to be trapped in for some reason and that's you the know, only I, reason i ask but i thought that it was beautiful because it was a perfect setup like in my head i was uh I was hearing Amazing Grace on the bagpipes, very loud in my mind. And, uh, you know, she grabs the bullet, she phases it, 
the whole the whole world sees this phase bullet pass through it. There's astonished faces everywhere, and in the end, Kitty was unstoppable. Am I right? Well, I think the bullet was really right. also yeah. Kitty because she was one with the bullet. <laughs> so let's not mince words. But my only. There are so many like things that I screenshotted. I think I have a whole iPad full of screenshots of this <laughs> yeah, this book. Never a ton. But um, the one thing that I couldn't remember, and maybe I rushed through it in order to get it done in time for the show because I literally was reading up until the minute. Why did Colossus agree to go into the chamber where they were powering the planet? He, what was his end goal there? His intention was to never end the planet. It was... Um, Scott and Wolverine's kind of like, okay, we're going to look like we're going to do it, but we're never really going to end this planet. It was kind of like their bluff. Okay. Well, what what so kind of bluff got, would know. that be? Why would they want to get him near an inch away from actually destroying the planet? To try to reason with the warlord, the kill lord, or whatever, the power lord is what they call him. Hmm. See, they're... Their coup de grace was, we know you're never going to give up and turn off the device. But instead, what we're going to do is, if you destroy the Earth, we're just going to take over your planet and rule it the way we want to. We're going to change your whole culture. So Mm -hmm. we'll de facto destroy it if you don't tell us how to stop the the missile. And if I you don't think we're serious, we're willing to negate both worlds. We have the key to your destruction in that core right now. I do want to correct a statement I made, I think, three episodes ago where I said Ward was in the Fraction Run, but I guess it wasn't. I guess it was Kroon because the character in the Fraction Run was missing an arm. Mm. And I guess uh, okay. Ward essentially died at the end of this, I would assume. I didn't. I wasn't really huge in the Fraction Run, so I could be wrong again, but... How sexy is visorless Cyclops? Can oh we just get out God. there amazing. right now? The stubble, the beard, Shit. stubble, everything. Grief. Guys got it reminds me on. of a Dale underscore A type uh, character. I can see it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Visorless Cyclops underscore A. There was one shot where he had the um, costume on without you know the hoodie thing, but he had like the popped collar. Mm. It was almost like the Superman collar. Talk about he looked great. About he looked great. Also... Some of the best scenes in X-Men comics was when, when you first read it, he originally says that he's going to sacrifice himself to give them time, and then they show the same page and conversation again, and they were all telepathically communicating oh, with man. each other. Unbelievable. Perfect. Unbelievable. That strikes me as a Joss Whedon moment. Yeah. Whedon-esque. I wanna, Joss-esque. I want to talk about uh, issue 21. How about that Please. opening where Wolverine and Armor on the alien uh, motorcycles choppers? Oh man! Oh, what are the? Oh my God! Can we talk about Cassidy's art here? Is that not the most inspired I, panel you've ever seen? I don't know what happened because I was poking fun at some of the art in the previous volume, but maybe he was just saving his energy for this run because it was next level art. There were so many panels that were. You could probably charge like eight grand for those real pages. I don't even know if he still draws on paper, but amazing stuff. And I, I got probably have to go through, go through the screenshots now because there's just silliness happening in this book. I, I just mean, love the panel. I, we always come back to prophecy. It. Yeah, that was amazing. I'm also a big fan of the silhouette, um, hot bod Kitty Pride, hot bod Shadow Cat. 
Oh man, she's ready. She's DTF on the Break World planet. She's, I mean, it it was getting real. Plus, they all they talked about it as if they had never fornicated before. It was worth the wait, or maybe it was just because he was dead for so long. I guess now that makes more sense. But there's just like little artwork panels that I was in love with, where Colossus is um, getting yelled at by like the little kid. And says, kill it, or whatever. Ah, that was a great sequence where he expects that they're going to treat him as a hero. Then they all basically are like, kill it. And then he gets so angry that he, like, leaves. He exits the building. Kitty is phasing through the building. And he just, like, pushes. He just open palms this door ten feet away. And it's just drawn in such a fashion that you can see the kind of action of the door popping open. I thought it was, like, such a small thing, but I loved it. I think uh, this this arc was really able to shine because Whedon um, he basically for the first three or four issues he broke up the team into two two member squads so he was able to um, really highlight the interaction between two members at a time and their interaction with each other was just fantastic how he how he paired everybody up Logan and Armor uh, freaking Brand and Beast um, you can tell how much he loves amazing. Beast the character yeah I mean, I mean, because he he was getting so much crap all twenty four issues, and then the last two issues, Brand is just like I, I want you so bad. <laughs> like it was really, I'm so hot for you <laughs> yeah. right now. And it's, so she's like, I told you it was personal or something like that. It was a, it was like the biggest payoff ever because you know that son of a bee is just uh, got to be grinning ear to cat ear to cat ear on the inside. <laughs> The um the scene where Wolverine is like charred and healing was also great with armor where they landed and they're just waiting for him to heal so they can move and there's just like a lull where she says out loud that she has a test on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, just like comes to grips where like she and he like yells at her to pretty much nut up and up and uh you know He's gonna deal put with her it. on like Excalibur or some B squad Excalibur or something. Excalibur suck, I think he said <laughs> <laughs> Then when he's sitting there, he's like, I should have ears and, and a face in a couple hours, so we'll be good mm-hmm. to go. So we talked last episode about, or two episodes ago, about Cyclops l- losing his eyesight. But in this one, what was the deal? Because he could use it on and off whenever he pleased. And she, I, she gave, uh, Emma gave him temporary control over it um, with her mental powers. Yeah, there was, but it was limited in its scale. The, like he, like at the end, he knew he was going to lose control again. The only way I gleaned that info was basically he. Uh, I think he may have requested, like, unsilently requested her by saying his like her name Emma. I think in one panel, and I I believe the understanding was there. Like she, okay, I'll be able to give you something because I'm the bee that turned it off to begin with. So I'll I'll grant you something. When when it's mm-hmm. needed, but how about that being one of the uh, the best underplayed plot points where Whedon basically saves the biggest weapon for last? I mean, they know he's got optic blasts, but they think it's not working. So when he finally calls on the power oh, at the man. end, oh mm, my good lord, good lord. Mm. And it goes through the top of the building, and you just see the different levels react to that optic blast. Yeah, and, and the uh, the other grief. members of the X Men out in the field are like, "Is that?" And the other person's like, "Yep." And it was just so cool. It was like a beacon from oh god. And that made for like one of the best 
issue. There's so many great issue endings in this series, but where he is like full blown optic blast, destroys everyone, gets free, and then there's that huge splash page where he says, "To me, my X Men." Oh, oh like, yeah. If, oh, if you had read any X Men comics for any period of time, your 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 pants are ruined at that point. They're they're done. You just throw them out after that. I just I completely. Fan, fanned out. I was I was reading this in the in a deliberation room with my fellow jurors, and I couldn't. When I read that, when I read all these panels, but when I read that, I just got tingles all over my jaw dropped, and I probably looked like a buffoon, uh, audibly reacting to some of the panels. But that one where he said to me, "My X Men, my God," and then people were wondering what they were, you were reading. You're like, "Oh, it was the he just said to me, my X Men," and you right. nudged their elbow, yeah. and they got it. They understood. The lady next to me out loud, she's like, what you reading? I'm like, <laughs> X-Men. And it was the giant size at the time. She's like, Spider-Man? I'm like, no, it's actually X-Men. <laughs> Spider-Man's in it. <laughs> oh, that, and I forgot the giant size, how the Marvel Universe were in it. Because you would think that there's this huge bullet heading to Earth. You would think that the combined minds of the Marvel Universe could figure out a way to, to di- divert it from Earth. And the Fantastic Four actually had a great idea which was to send it to the negative zone, yeah. which in a perfect world would have worked, but they were all kind of temporarily brainwashed into thinking they did save the day in their own heads when actual, in reality they were just standing there like drooling dopes, like they just had a you know brain surgery. Did they ever reveal who was behind that? No, I, I, I struggle with that because I thought maybe I had missed it a couple times, but it wasn't clear to me who was behind that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a like a Cassandra Nova type. That's, that's who I initially thought, yeah. But how about the best was Spider Man's where he thought he's going to stop the bull with like a couple webs <laughs> in between yeah. a couple buildings in New York, <laughs> and he's like so self congratulatory, like he's just wiping he's like, his Wait hands. A minute. <laughs> right, yeah. But man, again, Cassidy drawing the Marvel. You like his Mister Fantastic stuff. Legendary. Oh, Legend- man. Can you imagine a Cassidy circa Astonishing X-Men Fantastic Four run? No, I can't. Get out of here. Get out of here right now. I'll take 10 <laughs> copies. <laughs> I th- I, back to the uh, Logan armor. I was, I was thumbing through my book looking for it, but uh, there w- one of the laugh out loud moments is when she's walking away and he's healing and she's uh, she says, tell you what, you go one day without stabbing me, you get to choose my name. <laughs> <laughs> and you could yeah that was, you could see like the corner of Wolverine's mouth is like grinning even though he has no nose or no skin because <laughs> hamburger was, mouth was grinning yes, hamburger face was was grinning because uh it was the greatest line ever how was great about was, calling me claws yeah, yeah. <laughs> their relationship however minor in, in the overall scope of the series I thought could have blossomed into something like that would last years and I don't think it ever did but. The way that he, she was kind of like a new Jubilee. Yeah, yeah. And how they always interacted. I thought it was was fantastic. It was magic. I would really like to see... I, th- I, b- I think I remember seeing Armor elsewhere. She might have been... But I think she's on one of the, like, the kid teams or something, isn't she, nowadays, if she's still around? I don't know if she's on a kid team anymore, but there was a while where she was on... Was there an Academy book for X Men before? That's I thought I might have been before uh, Wolverine and the X Men. It might have even been called X Men Academy. I think I she know. was like a leading character on that. I don't know what she's up to nowadays. X Force. She's dead. She's dead. She's dead. 
Yeah, she's dead. No, stop it. (laughs) Stop. I have no idea. idea. Let's see what else I screenshot. I mean, this a lot of the while we're talking about this, people though, get out there and get get the get the whole run. Twenty four issues. It's it's GD. Great Magic. price on uh, Comixology. Digital trades are very affordable for all four. Just past Hot Bod Shadow Cat again. Can't mention that enough. How about the scene where uh, Emma Frost pretty much just brain farts danger into realizing she won't ever kill them? And as they have the conversation, Scott wakes up with like a giant rock ready to assault danger to protect Emma. Uh, I, and this, I mean, I really loved Emma. And his relationship, I and this is where blossoms. Like you, I really like them together, and I understand. I guess Brian's Brian Bendis's reasoning for needing to split them up, but I thought they were really good together. I I, I like Emma as a character. She's got, you know, she's got the chops to. Uh, she's got the great one-liners and stuff like that, and she's just power, such a powerful character. She's got so much confidence. It's really really great, and to have that confidence and then be stunned and silenced when uh scott summers tells her that he loves her and she's just you know guffawed by the whole thing she's gobsmacked i wonder if uh kevin feige and avi arid were reading this when they decided that joss would be the one to direct the avengers because what he does here with a team is is a kind of magic that does not come around a lot every character gets their moment to shine Every power that they have, where, where it's not necessarily an offensive power, is showcased in like the best possible light. And kind of like when people were uh, were so excited when Cap was kind of like the tactician in the Avengers, and not necessarily just hand to hand. And they were they were happy the way Hawkeye was used as kind of like the spotter. And Whedon just has this way of making the best possible angle of a character shine when they're in a team book that I don't think happens enough. I think in a lot of other team books, it's like, hey, Gambit right now is in a bathtub. All right, let's get back to this character. But he makes every panel, every moment, every beat count. And I wonder if this four volumes was his audition to making an X-Men team movie. Or, I'm sorry, a Marvel Universe team movie. I bet, too, that it's a lot different than Joss Whedon, who doesn't need to write comics, can come in and tell a story that he's thought about for maybe a decade. True. Whereas a lot of the people that are writing comics now, yeah, for better or worse, it's like a paycheck. Right, they, and they're freelance, but they're being paid to come on and write 24 issues of X-Men, whether they maybe really want to or right, not, they, or have ever had a story for two decades that they ever wanted to yeah, tell. Yeah, they need to just keep coming up with ideas and keeping and try to make it new and fresh each and every time. So that's good. That's a really True. good point. And also, the I was bummed about the ending of the last volume, but I came around again rereading it because it's it still rang true to the chris claremont you know space adventuring x-men with like the shiar and yeah the star jammers and all that stuff like that era is very well well respected in this in this trade i thought anyway yeah i really like their be bopping around in space um it was it was cool it, it, it was cool yeah it's just so much about the, the two-page spread of the bullet phasing into the city that and and there's like it 
it just takes its time. There's like four or five pages devoted to this massive bullet being phased through the planet Earth, and it's it's it does so much for your emotion, the emotional impact, because you can almost you're almost sapped from the energy it takes to uh, to to have Kitty like phase the bullet. It's completely amazing the, the it just the the beats and the pro, and the time taken to show the bullet in so many panels did a, a wonder for to to show exactly the impact she's having from uh, all these earthlings running from this bullet that's not even affecting them god i i initially when i i forgotten that this was the end of the se- the end of the series was what happened with kitty and she eventually left for a few years with this ending and i was kind of upset that Joss would like do that love this character and build her up into yeah. something and then do this but I transposed Kitty with a male character and I probably would have viewed it like man what a badass he did this and he saved the day like what a great superhero and it just how I viewed the female version of this it just flipped the table about how I viewed it like I thought it was really cool and really awesome but he definitely this is like the defining Kitty Pride story. Sure, like there's nothing else outside of this, and I, I wonder. I, I just thought it was fascinating that to tell that story, she had to leave X Men comics for several years. And I think what was the storyline that she? Does anyone remember how she came back? I think Magneto, in order That's to show right. trust to the X Men, I think he brought the bullet back somehow, or was able to locate it. And they figured yeah, something out together. I wonder true. if Kroon, Kroon might have even helped get her out of that bullet. Now that I think about I, it, I think you're ringing bells now because when I, wow, that makes I think I remember that now. What I think it was around the time right before, was it right before like Avengers versus X Men, and he was like meditating on yeah. a mountainside for like days, and his nose was bleeding, and might have even been Greg Land drawing it. Uh, that's probably why I didn't read it because I think Greg Land was drawing that era of X-Men comics and there was like I remember a a cover with Magneto's face on it there was some kind of Magneto storyline and I think that was the conclusion where he had found the bullet but we could wiki it probably in the after show what was Fireside yeah I think that might have been a lot of taking place in um, what was that Uh, X-Men Legacy or what was the uh, Rogue Magneto team? Uh, that was X-Men Legacy, yeah. yeah maybe. It, I can't. I, that rings a bell for some reason, but how B.A. Can we get the intern on that? Is, uh, maybe before the end shows? Yeah, let's let's do that. I'll, I'll, Jonesy's lifeless right now. He's just staring. <laughs> He's staring out into space. I couldn't tell if his camera froze <laughs> for like a split He's second. He's just staring. At, He's trying to use his supernova powers as a dwarf star to pull that <laughs> magic bullet back to Earth. I was meditating. You Jonesy see the is like out of my there. Jonesy is a real life chamber. Do you remember the X Men character Chamber, <laughs> where his the bottom of his face was like a fire and you couldn't see his head? It was like just so bright that you couldn't see anything. Thanks, guys. Any any closing thoughts on Astonishing X Men Chamber Love Beer? <laughs> uh, what can I? <laughs> that was my Heathcliff laugh. Uh, what? What more could be said? Could possibly be said about this uh, body of work? It it will always have a reread place in my heart. Something I'm always going to be going back to. 
you know, up there with some important Marvel first volumes like the Ultimates Volume One, or you know, Ultimate X Men Number One. God loves main kills. Uh, you know, the Wolverine miniseries stuff that is seminal to me, and that I always make time to read every year. And this this is one of them. And I think this should be a more widely recognized volume. And I think that it is in our circle or like, you know, in our, uh, our circle of friends and definitely with people that are in the know for the big two. But I think this 24 issues is something you could give to a non comics reader with no backstory of who the X-Men are. Just give them these 24 issues and I think just on this, you could bring uh, someone into comic books based mm. on this alone. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that statement. Yeah, it's uh, I, I mean, what I think what I don't know. I, I don't I can't think of a, probably a more perfect 24 issue run to to do four entire paper kegs on in a row. Fear agent. Uh, for, Fear agent is obviously the number <laughs> one. This number two, um, but it is truly an astonishing run. I mean, this guy worked on this book for two years. These two, uh, Joss and John, and it's just completely amazing. And I had forgotten how great it really was. And going back now, this will be added to the books that I will always want to reread again. But unless we do it for Paper Keg, I probably will never get to read it again. <laughs> We got your letters. Sorry. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us a letter, we'll read it on the era. Our first letter comes to us from friend of the show, Roy Cognell. He says, erroneously, to the guy who suggested your mashup with Men in Blazers, eat your own S and die. Uh, extreme reaction. Extreme. That's extreme. Erroneous email. Uh, please, uh, Laura, do not take any offense. Uh, he's just using our own wit against us. This is, that was, this is probably Laura's last episode. So thank you for giving us a shot. <laughs> She um, predicted that it would so split the audience, right? Uh, and so this is she did. She she she, she expected yes. this reaction. She expected to be told to eat s and die. And she liked it because she did mention her letter that she wanted to hear more eat s and die. She's like a paper keg architect, pulling the strings from the <laughs> shadows. She should uh, take over for Jason Aaron on Amazing X Men because he's not doing it anymore. Yeah, what's the story with that? Uh, he's gone. It's over. Dream is yeah, dead. I guess in. Um, April or May, he's off the book. I mean, come on, Jason Aaron. What are you doing? Thor, Uatu, The Watcher. Uh, you just like to say Uatu. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler. Uatu. Okay. Uatu. All right. Yeah, Mike Diodato is oh, drawing that. Oh, God. That guy's got... You don't like him? I think he's got some chops. Two computer-generated stuff for me. I see what you're saying there. I do. Drink when Slim does the Slim Snarl. Yeah. You're right, Slim. You're right. I, I just ordered a, a Nexus 5 off of the internet. because of Nexus 50. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, next uh, next letter comes up from a new friend of the show, Stuart McPherson. Thanks for the letter, man. 
As I'm newish to comics, I noticed that there is many different alter ego characters for the one superhero, i.e. Green Lantern is Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart, Kyle Rayner, and probably many more. I understand there's alternative alternative universes and that the character is written from different points of view and follow different paths. Do you think having this many alternate egos water down waters down water downs the character? Waters down. Watership waters down, down the down character. The character. There's only one Superman, and to my knowledge, one Batman, and these two are probably the best-known superheroes without changing the human side of the character. Also, I've been recently reading The Other Dead by Joshua Ortega. Have you read it? Question mark. Your thoughts of it and your thoughts of Ortega's work. Thanks, Stuart. P.S. We're still flying. Josh, still flying. <laughs> Brown coats. Still. Did it actually Stuart. say that or did you add no, that? No, he, he put it in there. We'll start, we're still flying. Hmm. Stuart, we're still flying. <laughs> We're out here. Still playing, doesn't it? Why didn't you buy that domain, Drumsy? You should have oh, re-ratted that to paperkeg.com. <laughs> well, um, well, that's a good question. Do Does more than one Green Lantern, for using Green Lantern as the example. Now, what Stuart may or may not know is the Green Lantern is more or less a job than a superhero identity like Superman or Batman. Space if, cops. Yeah, if you're a Green Lantern, you are a detective, you're a garbage man, you're a clerk at the DMV. The, if you're a Green Lantern, you're one of many to begin with, but they concentrate the Green Lantern books on certain Green Lanterns, mostly from Earth, probably because we as Earthlings would identify with those ones the most. Um but I do think, I, I would think as somebody who didn't know, why is there a Green Lantern and why is he called Hal, one issue? Why does he have, uh, why does he, is there confusion that he turns into Jon Stewart or Kyle Rayner at other times? It's very possible. Um, but, yeah, for him in particular, uh, the Green Lantern is a, uh, a cop on an intergalactic police force. There have been other Batmen. It's true. Uh, Dick Grayson, probably the best oh, one. Yeah. Remember the Scott Snyder um, Black Mirror run? That kind of lifted him into mega popularity. Was that Dick Grayson as Batman? Oh, yeah. Man, I didn't know that. It was right before the New 52. Yeah, I only associate Dick Grayson with the uh, Batman, Batman and Robin we should, we should. That was, I think, probably one of my favorite Batman runs. And I would have preferred Dick Grayson to continue on as Batman for way longer. That's how good it was. God. Flash, well, we got to do that. Guys, we got uh, another letter in under the wire. And this letter writer might have just dethroned the king Get and become the queen of the letters. Uh, it goes, the subject reads, this is Laura's roommate. So you know this is going to be good as soon as you open it. Just letting you guys know she is dead. It was Jesus. in her last will and testament to notify you. No idea why. Quote, hope you're happy now. Great. She, I literally lulled she, as you were trying to answer those questions. 
I was about to ask why the roommate knew to email the podcast until you read the right. last will and testament line. <laughs> she probably got some. She sort thought of, of everything. She got she some sort of, of a sepsis from eating her own s and dying. I would imagine. <laughs> Jonesy, I could see her, you know, watching us on YouTube and you know getting Roy's letter and just be like, "Fine, I'm going to do it right now. I'll be right back." And then handing her roommate a napkin that just says, "Let tell them, tell my story." I'm still fine. Probably she didn't want to hear any more of your sexist diatribes you know, in the fireside again for hello. two weeks in a row. Hello, Laura. Not true. I know Slim's the personality of the show, <laughs> and people want to listen to go. him and his whims. But I don't hate the French. I don't hate Australians. I certainly don't hate women. Dale hates little people. She's dead anyway, so you're not even. I don't know who you're talking to. That's okay. Maybe I'm talking to her spirit. Her roommate hates comics to begin with, so she doesn't even care. Well, maybe Laura's roommate is going to become a fan of the show. Well, that's all we can hope, right? Turn a positive into a negative, or a negative into a positive, right? Not with your. That's just simple. Lose one listener listener and get another. Laura's roommate, get at us. Lettersofpapercake.com. Now you have the address. (laughs) Joss Whedon. Uh, what a run. What a Joss run we had. Do we have any other letters? I just hit the music. Uh, we, we did have one more question from Stuart McPherson for Jonesy. Just had to belly flop that last letter onto the uh, <laughs> onto the previous. Uh, you know, when Jonesy sees another letter come in over the wire, he doesn't care what you're doing or how far into another letter you are. He's just going to go right into it. I'm just it. shocked that I can look at the wire and glean any kind of information. Uh, to a second question, I have not read anything by Ortega. The Other Dead doesn't even... I don't even know what that is, but I feel like I should. Little known fact, Joshua Ortega wrote the first uh, Gears of War game. Whoa! Yeah. Dale's a fan. Big fan. Big fan. R.I.P. Lara, we miss you. We're still flying, Lara. Okay. All right. We get it. We'll see everybody. Champagne Supernova next uh, week. Spouting love. <laughs> to the In the sky. As a man who knows Josh Ortega. How about when you guys tried to sing uh, at the beginning of the show and the lyric was <laughs> totally different? You're the best around. Sang. No one in the world can keep you down. Is that the lyric? Am I right? It just wasn't what you guys sang. I don't know what it was. I was just providing backup. Maybe you weren't ready to hear it. Maybe that's what it was. What a show. Damn. I think Josh it was a great show. We don't. R.I.P. Lara. Can make that a hashtag now. What are you gonna do? You know, we had a good run before Jonesy drove her to suicide. The letter writer drove her to suicide. I did not. Eating us and die killed her, though. Yeah, Yeah, I I guess originating the line over a hundred episodes that you dredged up again. For the public was what killed her. It's like Hank Kin- Kingsley from Larry Sanders show. That's your that's your hey now. Oh, God. <laughs> Eat ass and die. She sounds like a real numb nuts.
that a- one. Anything to get Beb <laughs> around uh, off my neck. I hear uh, that in my sleep. Uh, anyone... My wife says it to me. Come on, Beb. <laughs> Someone said that to me. I can't remember who who did it, but it wasn't show related. That's awesome. Can't remember who. Any other books that you uh, read this week, Jonesy? Yeah, what else did I read? I read uh, Superior Spider-Man, which I'm sure Dale was like nine issues behind on, so I'm not going to talk I'm not sure it. how I'm feeling about the, the wrap-up of the series. It's, it's getting belabored. I actually, I just don't think it's on the level of the other stuff. Well, you know, you you uh, you throw this monkey wrench into Slot's plan, say, Slot, we got to get uh, Peter back as Spider-Man. Think of something quick, pal. Think of the... Uh, it's like trying to wrench the new 52 into the end of Flashpoint, you know? Just do mm. it. Just do it, Slan. Glop. Yeah, you better mispronounce oh, that name. Oh, you, uh, you had a big lightning rebuttal for, for my Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. I didn't think that was a great first issue. I thought it maybe would have been a good 21st issue. It was very... Right? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't I, like it. I haven't been reading Captain Marvel in... I didn't know who the old woman was. I didn't know who the kid was. I didn't know who the mom was. I'm um, thinking this is only from. I only read like the first three issues of the previous Captain Marvel relaunch, but um, the old woman who was like an old timey fighter pilot that had cancer in Dexter Suey's and her and Kelly's run. Mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming that was her and she was and and Carol Danvers was like feeding her cat for her and bringing her soup do you remember are you reading something out you watching uh, the WWE network right now <laughs> and not paying attention because I can tell Brutus Barber Beefcake right just came back Monday Night Raw episode 6 1993 and it's amazing oh, man, I see the guy's that. in the best shape of his life no, I haven't read. I read like the first three issues of Captain Marvel, and I just uh, intermittently would pop in. Yeah, I I gotta say, I'm not. I mean, I like the idea of Captain Marvel. I'm just not too keen on the execution. Miss Marvel comes out next week, issue number two. Did you read Miss Marvel number? Yeah, number, uh, number I was one? pretty charmed by the first issue. I, I'm very interested to see where that goes. I'm definitely on board for issue two. I really liked it. The uh, the humor. Of her point of view and stuff like that was really good. Mm-hmm. What about what else, Jonesy? What do you got? Uh, besides Superior Spider-Man, <laughs> Daredevil Rogue Warrior is really good. Yeah, I read that. I like that. It's only a four-issue series, so you can you can knuckle down for the th- four bucks every uh, once a week because it's only four issues long. I kind of love those little minis that you don't need to bridge the gap between arcs, but it's arcs, but they aren't held back by like continuity, and they aren't mm-hmm. kind of held back by expectation. So they're they, you know Mark Wade is uh, not afraid to get fun with it, and it's definitely a fun little four issue infinite series. Mark Wade, too. You know, I forgot I'm that rereading he... Winter Soldier for the movie. That's good oh, stuff. The, uh, the, uh, yeah, the Broobs run. I forgot that Mark Wade did one of those Marvel graphic novels. I think that's coming out soon. The Spider-Man Kingpin with Gabrielle oh, Del Otto. Oh. Gorgeousness. I got that pre-ordered hardcover. Mm, I can't wait to get my hands on that thing. Spend some time that's alone with That actually it. doesn't exist. It's a sting operation by Dale's Mortgage Company. <laughs> they did the solicits. They're waiting in the van right now. So I guess I won't be able to put myself inside the book and press it like a flower. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Uh, did you read the uh, Did you read Guardians of the Galaxy I read that 
I skipped over Guardians and I read the next issue of All New X Men. I know on I know I know All New is at the shop waiting for me to get Press there. Myself like a flower, uh, like a dried flower, and uh, <laughs> it was cool that uh, Star Jammer showed up. It's uh, Bendis, man. I just love Mike Brian Brian Michael Bendis and <sighs> Astonishing and Joss Whedon's Astonishing X Men run. That's all you need to get into comics. All right, do it. It was cool how young Scott saw his dad again for the first time because it was young Scott. Oh, man. That's probably the most I ever read an issue with the Star Jammers in it. I always knew of the Star Jammers, but I never read anything from them with them in it. It's like Ice Pirates. Remember that movie Ice Pirates? No. I remember the title. Look it up, Jonesy. Okay. In turn. Just look it up. What were we supposed to look up? Oh, how many years Wolverine was adamantium was? What did we say? 70 years? What did you uh, find, dead face intern? Emotionless intern (laughs) robot? Uh, Shockingly, I never looked it up. Hang on. Jonesy was checking his tweets, but he was smart enough to turn off the sound of that app. Finally, 30 uh, 30 episodes of the show later, I get wise and turn my iPhone on vibrate. Thank you. What a show. Do we have the next one picked? Are we, we uh, we're tentatively agreeing to yeah, that's our blueprint? We have the blueprints laid out. Yeah, I'm down for that. Uh, the end of the bleeping world. Save it for the show. Save it for the show, Dale. Save it for the show, friends. We're going big. We're thinking outside the Marvel box. I think we talked about 30 Marvel books this week. <laughs> we're going to change it up. Stay tuned. Well, it, I mean, it's either that or uh, graphic-designed image books for with graphic-designed covers or video game properties. Lay it, lay it out on the table. Lay it all out on the table or right now, Or video game properties from Dark Horse. I, I, there's only so much to go around. And I oh almost... Gosh. You're taking stabs at I'll your I'll tell company. you what. I almost gave it all up trying what? to buy a Dark Horse book digitally from their web store. I bl- I'm a big f- I'm a big believer in web store, not the iOS store so much, of any app, and I just uh, dark horse. I don't get they got they have my info payment info saved, and every time I go to buy something, I have to it says, "Oh, you saved payment." Every time I try to use it, oh, there's a piece of your payment uh, info missing, so I got to re-enter the whole card again. It's I just chucked I almost chucked it into the courtroom and hit. Wow. Uh, a suspect, a defendant with it. <laughs> <laughs> the bailiff? The bailiff. You know what else comes out next week? Hot over the wire. Letter 44. Oh. That's Jonesy's trigger word to to, uh, to invoke <laughs> some sort of <laughs> this is, That's his safe word. I'm not <laughs> sure which. Wolverine 150 is when he got it back? Yeah, that's correct. I don't know how Seal does it. The Seal Man. We're gonna letter forty-four. Right, while Jonesy is doing that, are we gonna tease the? While Jonesy's asleep. special surprise, if anybody's watching live. Special surprise. I was thinking about editing it tonight and having it go live tomorrow. Do it. Are we gonna broadcast it live? This or can't. This can't be secret? right because according to this, and it's got to be my math. It's seven years. That sounds about right. Nineteen ninety-three to book DB. It's November 93 to May 2000. That, that could sound right. Could very well be right. Good heavens. That's, wow. 
that's if you're 12 years old, you're 19 years old when he gets it back. Yeah. Your life has changed, you know? Think think about how I was. You know? Think about how I was as a kid. 2001, I was in my first year of college. The Wolverine was just getting his adamantium back. Promptly gave up and got a full-time job. Now, I probably just... Anybody who was listening wanted to know what that special surprise was. Just got effed by my interruption. Well, that's classic Jonesy interruption. That's that's your classic letter interruption. (laughs) Great show, guys. Thanks for your support.